Right, we're going to continue talking about the Christian and government and specifically the Christian and politics. Before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, uh, your salvation in Jesus Christ, which encompasses all that we do and say here and all that we, all that we do and think and say in our lives. And we thank you that we can know you through him. We thank you that we have a purpose in life that uh, transcends and uh, excels that which belongs to the unredeemed populace and the unredeemed mind. And we pray that you would help us to think accordingly, not only in the area of uh, the political and governmental world, but in our entire lives, that we might, uh, that we might follow after Christ faithfully and see that constantly as the joy of our lives, to do what he has said, to love him and trust him and grow in him and to serve him and his church. And we pray that you would give us the grace and the wisdom to do that. We pray that you would uh, help us to rejoice in you, help us to understand what your word has told us this morning and to think with wisdom about how to apply it in this area uh, and to be able to apply biblical truths to the various things that, that uh, present themselves and the opportunities and the challenges that we face when it comes to, to interacting with the government. And we ask that you would help us to, um, to help each other with this and to, uh, to bear along with one another and to carry out all of the goals that you have for your, for your church and for your people to be. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what we wanna do is just to resume uh, what we were talking about last time, the Christian and politics. And uh, just to be able to jump back in, I want to uh, briefly review what we talked about last time, just a little bit of background, and then um, some considerations for getting involved in politics. And then we will talk about some considerations in particular this morning for following, for being interested in and following the political world, the political sphere, which is probably where most of us uh, are going to be dealing with this in the most uh, extensive way. Um, again, just the, uh, the background of this, uh, we talked about last week how it, this is something of a unique time in history, a novel time in history, because historically politics and government has been the prerogative of the few in terms of actually being able to either get into office or to have significant influence upon it. Um, obviously, there are different things that people could have done to get in office, take over office, to come to power, to rise to power. But the idea of democratically or representatively electing leaders into positions of government is um, its not necessarily the most prominent way that this has always been done. And so what we sort of take for granted with that um, are some things that we need to think about. We think that because we have the opportunity to do that, that we have a corresponding need to spend uh, a lot of effort and energy and time making sure that we fulfill, uh, that, we, that we do a good job of actually voting for the right kind of people or knowing what's going on or staying engaged and so on. Um, things that would have been left previously to just, uh, we talk about it only to complain or to have a little bit of an understanding about the situation. Now we are told either explicitly or implicitly that we need Need to really know what's going on and we need to be engaged and you need to know what's happening. Now I uh, think I mentioned last time that some of the people telling us that we need to be thus engaged uh, are people that maybe we should question the motivation behind why they're telling us that, especially if they're people who stand to get elected by our engagement and by our support of them, or if they're people whose uh, television ratings or whose uh, click rate increases by virtue of us following and thinking, well, this is the most important thing that I need to be doing with my time right now. So we need to make sure that we are not following these things uh, disproportionately to what is wisest in our own lives, simply because that is the zeitgeist. That is just the flavor and the, and the, the uh, atmosphere of the times. People talk about politics now for a lot of reasons and they talk about government for a lot of reasons. And it's not that it hasn't ever happened before, but we are compelled to do it by many people and maybe then over into our own consciences for reasons related to that. Uh, and we need to evaluate those and make sure that we actually are understanding this biblically and thinking about it clearly, not just going along with whatever people tell us that we should do and say, you should be this interested in it. Now, therefore, let's bring to bear Christian principles in the midst of what you're already doing. 
In other words, the Bible has some things to say about our involvement in politics and not just what position we should have on any given issue or who we should vote for in light of that, but also what place it should even have in our lives overall. What is the ratio of politics and political involvement and governmental concern that we should have relative to other things is a question that should be answered not just by uh, saying, well, the world does this, now let's apply Christian principles to it, but by actually starting with, what does the Bible say about what we are to do? And then trying to apply with that with wisdom uh, from, from scratch, rather than just going along with what we kind of have always done or what other people in society do. So this is a different time. It's a, it's a time that we need to think through and see through carefully. Uh, we talked about last time the idea of mandates and how there are no direct biblical mandates for political involvement per se. There are commands about how to relate to the government, uh, concern, uh, commands about how to be concerned for the leaders in government, to pray for them, to desire their salvation, uh, the way that we are to respect them and to even to talk about them. And then there are commands for the Christian life in general and about how to treat people. And we take all of those things and we say, at what point does this intersect with the opportunities for political engagement and involvement? And then we apply those principles in that setting. So in the absence of mandates about how to get involved, we have to think through many different considerations for getting involved. Um, last time, the things that we talked about were considerations then for political engagement, which would be the things like trying to persuade people of certain positions, uh, trying to persuade people to vote for certain others or to support a certain platform or to be in a particular political party or agency. And the, we went over five considerations. Um, I'll just briefly run through them with you and then we can jump into what we're gonna talk about with, concern to, uh, with regard to following politics. But we talked about, first of all, the gospel. Uh, the consideration of the gospel. That is what brings gospel clarity versus what brings gospel confusion. When we get involved with these things, are we confusing people about what the gospel is? And we can do that directly by toning down the gospel in order to drum up political support uh, by sort of disregarding political uh, gospel truth so that we don't offend people that we might want to be in a coalition with us. Or we can also implicitly say that the gospel is not that important because the things that we are more loud and vocal and concerned about, uh, at least what it seems to be the case through what we talk about, are matters that have to do more with morality or patriotism or the way that culture ought to be or the way that the laws ought to be. And this is not right and this is right and this is the way that things used to be or this is the way that things ought to be. When we think about those things and talk about those things a lot, it's easy for the gospel to get lost in the midst of that and people misunderstand what Christianity is all about. And so they very often think that Christianity is not about the forgiveness of sins and repentance and, and faith in Christ and then a new life in light of that. They think that the gospel is about morality. It's about Christians thinking that they're better than other people. It's about just getting your life together. Uh, it's about control and things like that. So we wanna make sure that we're not letting people get the idea from our own conduct, at least as far as it depends on us, that the gospel doesn't matter and what really matters is something else. So the gospel should be first and foremost in our minds. We need to think about uh, when we get engaged politically, when we talk about politics, when we make comments in water cooler conversations, text messages, online forums, um, when we talk about it, if we have the opportunity to talk about it publicly in any way, are we bringing gospel clarity to the picture? Are, are we confusing people and clouding what really actually matters in light of eternity by the things that we say? And then just one more thought on this is, will unbelievers know that you are about the gospel first and foremost? Do they know through the things that you talk about that that's what is the most important thing in your life and what should be the most important thing for them? And we talked from 1 Corinthians 15 about how Paul spoke of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ as of first importance. So the gospel, what brings gospel clarity? We need to consider that. We also need to consider heavenly versus earthly thinking, heavenly versus earthly thinking, and what it does to us when we get very, very invested in the things that are going on politically in this life. What does this do to our heart? What is it connected to and tied to? Is it, is it you know, lassoed onto heaven and then pulled up that way, or is it anchored down into this world? Now, this isn't to say that we don't think about the real things that, that uh, 
involve our everyday life and that affect our everyday life. But there is an instruction that Jesus gives in Matthew 6 to store up treasure in heaven. Colossians 3, we're told to set our minds on things above and we need to be wise about what's going to pull us in those directions. And it's really easy to get involved in not just political things, but definitely political things to the extent where it becomes the main thing that we worry about and all that we worry about. So we need to just act with wisdom. What's going to cause us to long for Christ to return versus what is going to cause us to maybe even not want that to take place or at least to be apathetic about it. Uh, Another principle, another consideration, church unity and edification. Church unity and edification. There are liberties that Christians have, things that we are free to say and things that we are free to do that nonetheless can have the impact of making unity with other believers very difficult. And not just because those other people are wrong, but because there are things that just make it tense unnecessarily. Because you talk with you know, uh, great confidence about your political uh, preferences and party. And so then, you know, the, and you assume that the other person shares the same view. So you just do that. And then that makes for a very, uh, very tense conversation for certain people or an awkward conversation for certain people, or they think that uh, they think that you are condemning them for the thing that they believe or for maybe the way that they voted. And uh, this, this can cause some disunity that goes outside the bonds of uh, what are outside the scope of what Christ wants the church to be. So if you, if you wanna think about this, just think in terms of what brings unity in the church rather than needless division, needless division. And I'm not talking about division that doesn't need to take place, I'm not talking about the everyday divisions that we need to work through or the, or the differences, like differences of opinion, differences of uh, personality and those kinds of things. But uh, are you thinking about what effect is this going to have upon other people in the church when I say it? What what impact is that going to have? So church unity and edification. The goal of using our liberty is to build up one another, is to build up the body of Christ. We learn this in Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 10 and other places. And instead we very often use our liberty to um, contradict these purposes and we don't wanna do that. All right, um, another consideration is character. Character, Um, when you When you promote these kinds of things, do you have the ability to do it without being abrasive or obnoxious or pugnacious? Can you actually state political opinions without getting into, uh, kind of getting down into the dirt and the mud, not in terms of the content that you necessarily are talking about, but the way that you go about it? Can you actually talk to people with kindness, with grace? Can you demonstrate Christian character in the way that you say things? And uh, this ought to be a consideration for whether you get into it at all. And then uh, just one more point as far as getting involved, you need to consider the scope of your influence. Be realistic about what you can do, what you can't do. Who is going to listen to you? Do people care what you have to say? And that sounds harsh to say it, but uh, most people don't care about what uh, most, if not all of us have to say on, uh, on these matters, on these political subjects. And unfortunately, uh, social media in particular has kind of deceived us into thinking that because we can say something and some people can read it that now we are kind of on the same level as people who can actually influence other people. Uh, And this isn't to say that you should never say anything if you only have a very limited influence upon people, but uh, just be realistic about what's worth it, about what's worth doing. So if you think you're going to have an influence upon others and that's why you're getting into it, just make sure that you actually have the voice to do that or at least think about what are the pro, what are the, uh, what, what's the possible return on my investment of these efforts, if you think that it's worth doing this. So those are just a few considerations. None of those are um, tell you exactly how to act in any given circumstance, but hopefully as you think about them, you'll be able to, uh, to apply them with wisdom to your particular circumstances. Okay, so those are considerations for getting involved, like for actual political engagement. Uh, I wanna talk about how to think about getting involved in following politics. But before we do that, any questions or, or comments on uh, what we've talked about so far? Anything that you wanna discuss or things that, uh, things that we need to add to that list as we think about political engagement? Questions that you have? Yeah, Patrick.
Yeah, so you think it's, it's the people that are getting divided more so than just the fact that there's a controversial subject. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it would be a wonderful thing if we could say, let's be willing to talk about any issue at all that may come up and to do so with uh, a godly way of going about that. Um, Where we actually, where we understand the other person's position, what are they actually saying? We understand the truth about that, where we assess it biblically and we don't just uh, immediately default to what we already believe or um, what our particular tradition holds to, or we think that someone else is wrong about a certain issue because they're wrong about a lot of other things, and so they must be wrong about this. Um, or we just immediately jump to a conclusion rather than actually hearing out the arguments for something. Like those, those are the kinds of issues that unfortunately um, people don't necessarily seem to do very well with in a lot of settings. Uh, resultantly, a lot of issues that are controversial but that could be worked through among fellow Christians end up being divisive for what you say because we just have divisive character. And so that I would say that that needs to be one of the considerations regarding unity, which is how, um, how flammable are the people that I'm interacting with? You know, like I can, there's maybe certain people you could talk about subjects with and you know that they're not, like they're gonna have a very reasonable conversation with you even if you disagree strongly about the way that something should be responded to. Um, other people, if you even raise the issue, then you're gonna get, you know, it'll be wanted, posted online. Like, you know, most wanted, um, this guy is never to be listened to again. Just because you raise the issue, and unfortunately that is, I think, a lot of our political climate, um, not exclusive to right now, but uh, I think the, the method of discourse often is it rewards uh, taking sides quickly and sharply and early and uh, strongly, not really actually trying to understand the other side of the argument, not really working through things, but um, just immediately coming to a conclusion about something, immediately making sure everybody knows about your conclusion on that point, and uh, it creates a lot of controversy, a lot of disunity. Now, the thing is, that takes place a lot of times in sort of the general Christian sphere or Christian world, and there's really no way that you're going to ever find perfect unity in in some of those kinds of things just because of a lot of different factors. Um, But maybe the, uh, the, the area that we should focus on the most, I would say, is in our own assembly, in our own church. When it comes to what are we trying, where are we trying to most promote Christian unity? And that is done through, uh, through godly character in this area. It's done through being willing to bear with one another. It's being willing to see that maybe our, um, our judgment call in the application of how this plays out in our political interaction and speaking is what we think is the best way of doing this, whereas yours might be this, but this doesn't mean that we're against each other. And there's a lot more opportunity to actually play that out in a local body that's operating on that than maybe sort of a, a Wild West internet sphere of like, this is just what people are gonna talk about and, there, and controversy is actually rewarded. So yeah, I, I do think to your point, a lot of things, uh, a lot of the, the division and controversy comes because we are flammable, because we, we're, we're eager for controversy to take place and not because certain things don't need to be discussed. But again, we just go back to the idea that we need to know and we need to be wise about when and where those circumstances are and say like, okay, is it worth it to bring up this topic at this moment? Is this the kind of person um, that I'm going to, I know I'm gonna get an argument with them and how do I deal with that if not? Or if I am, if I do get into something, how am I gonna handle that? Just thinking about that ahead of time would be good. Yeah, I appreciate your point, Patrick. It's, it's a really good, uh, good thing to think about. Yeah, Steve. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about this in, um, when we get to this uh, also just following politics as well, but I'll go ahead and, and mention it now, which is Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Sometimes the response people are going to have, they're going to take umbrage at what you say no matter what. So uh, there are things that you say just by, you, you, can, you can be the kindest, gentlest, most gracious, whatever person, and you're going to be perceived as abrasive or whatever. It's, it's really too easy to hide under that label or hide under that, um, well, you know, they, don't, they just don't like what I'm saying. And therefore, um, the way that I say it is justified. Um, if, if it means that it's the only way to make a point and you have a certain heart that is toward people, like you, you're not trying to be arrogant toward them or anything like that. You're, you're trying to say it just in a very truthful way. Uh, there are certainly, there's, there, is a, there is a skill of being able to present things in ways that are um, maybe not as abrasive, if you will, but sometimes the things you say are going to rub people the wrong way just because you're saying the truth. So, you know, the, what, I, what I think I would focus on more would be, can you do it without being, um, without you're the reason why it's a, received harshly like it's not the content that's the problem you're the problem because you just um you're not thinking about how this would you know you're not thinking about just saying it with kindness or anything like that um now again this doesn't mean you have to qualify everything you know 12 different ways it doesn't mean you have to to say things with a with a certain type of like sheepish voice or anything like that but uh i, I think being able to be kind, and I would just put it in those terms, K- kindness and gentleness are always necessary, and no matter what we say, even if we're saying something very loudly, um, even if we're saying something very directly. So where that line is and exactly how to, how, to, um, how to pinpoint that, I think is something of a judgment call, but yeah. So I don't know if it directly answered, like, is, there, is it appropriate to be abrasive? Abrasive is not so much a biblical term, but it is, are you the one that's causing the problem and causing the conflict by your tone and manner of speech? Or is it that it's just, this is the way it's going to be received no matter what? Yeah. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, that's a great point. First, uh, First Peter three fifteen, right? Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to, uh, to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Yeah, and that really that comes out, out as well. Right before that, isn't it, where he's talking about the uh, the way that we're to respond to people who are treating who are mistreating us, harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. So yeah, if it, if it applies in the realm of um, responding to people who are arguing against our faith, then yeah, certainly we should have the same kind of conduct or same kind of attitude when it comes to anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Okay. Yes, Lindy. Yeah, the preparation talked about First Timothy 2. Yeah, prayer, good deeds, um, without wrath and dissension, quiet life and all godliness and dignity. Yeah, that preparation is going to carry out or be carried over into the way that we, the way that we engage and interact with other people. Yeah, I think that will come out. It'll show. Uh, Lindy, did you have something?
Yeah, it's a great question. So yeah, if you're, if you're not the, uh, the obnoxious, pugnacious, abrasive one, uh, but, you th- but you think that someone else is. Uh, yeah, so first of all, um, responding with patience and with not just yourself thinking like, well, you know, oh, this person, they just all the, you know, they're just all the time. They're just thinking, you know, they're just, um, all, they're just so obnoxious. Um, but actually, you know, in your heart, dealing with them the right way, like humility with patience, with tolerance that the Bible describes being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So Ephesians 4, uh, 2 and 3 talk about that. So it is incumbent upon the person who is receiving or hearing those things to do that as well. Um, I, I think that a, um, a conversation with that person to the effect of just um, maybe if, if you see that this is not just a one-time thing, that encouraging someone or you yourself saying, look, I, like just talking to them about that, if you can do that, just say, this is, um, I appreciate your opinions, uh, your, your, sta- your stands on this. Um, have you thought about the effect that this has upon the body of Christ when, when you do this? And then, you know, go from there. And then if you see it, like actually having a real effect upon other people, you know, hey, have, have you ever asked other people in those conversations whether they agree with you on your position or do you just assume that they agree with you? Um, have you, uh, you know, do you, do you hear people responding to you? Well, no, of course they don't respond. Everybody agrees with me. Why would they respond? And just kind of get into the heart of that. And I can't really tell you, you know, go through this, you know, step-by-step kind of thing. But yeah, it may be if you feel like this is something that is, that is causing a hindrance on that level, that it could be that you... Um, maybe just start with suggesting to them that they, they think about what are the dynamics of those conversations because they really may not have any idea that it's causing that. So, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing you're saying the... Yes, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, yeah. There, there are. I mean, one of the great blessings of the church, which is, is the the rough edges can get sort of sanded off by that, and it's we all have them. So it's just a matter of you know exactly what those are going to be and how open we are to receiving them when they when they come, and uh, that can be an unpleasant experience, but it's something that we you know iron sharpening iron was you know you're cutting something right. So uh, yeah, that's a good point that the the body of Christ brings that benefit. And we need to be, able, we need to be uh, having those kinds of conversations. So, yeah, I would just say just uh, have, have conversations with people about that. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit, jump into this idea about following politics. This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of this. Um, let me just think, first of all, about this consideration. Uh, ask yourself this question. Do I need to know this for some direct reason related to my areas? of responsibility? Do I need to know this, like need to know this for some direct reason related to my areas of responsibility? So what are the typical areas of responsibility that someone would have as a Christian? Work? What's that? Home. Okay. Home? Serving God within the church? Okay. Providing for your family. Okay, praying for leaders, yes. Yeah, teaching your kids how to think, yeah. Okay, those are some major ones. Can you think of a way in which following politics would be uh, related to fulfilling one of those areas of responsibility? Okay. So you need to know who the leaders are to pray for them. Yeah, very direct. Good. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so if you want religious freedom or if you think about how the laws might affect your family or your, uh, might make it easier or harder to do the things that you think ought to be done before God, then yeah, you're gonna wanna know uh, who do I think is going to be most effective in implementing such laws or preventing such laws from coming into existence, yeah. Or enforcing them um, if they do exist already, yeah. Yeah, so learning how to think for yourself, not just following what you've been told. Yep. Yeah, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yes, so knowing what's going on, yes, yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of political types of things spill over into um, cultural types of things and vice versa. So yeah, like there are things taking place, um, for example, in, you know, well, not just in school, but any type of thing where, where kids are, where it's like, yeah, um, my friend uh, is a girl and now she thinks that she's a boy. Um, and so what do we do about that? Or, you know, my, hey, my, my friend at school, um, you know, are we, well, have, have uh, run across something fairly recently where one of the uh, one of the players on the team, well, they have they have two dads. I mean, this is what at least is being presented. So, what do you do with that? Like, we might want to know that things like that are going on before the situation arises, and uh, what are the cultural factors involved in doing that? And yeah, it can be helpful to know for various reasons uh, what the cultural push is on a political level to that surrounds those things. So yes, good examples. What else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, you, can, you can see that kind of evil ahead of time, or you can see the, the challenge ahead of time. Yep, not just, not just reacting when it's too late or when you don't have time to think through it and you have to do it in a hurry on the fly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Any, anything else? Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, so manipulation can come through uh, a lack of information about what, what the real issues are, what someone is really like, and so on. Um, yeah, good. What else? What else would make you need to know things that are going on in the political world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, so if, if, like, uh, if the government is involved in any level on taking care of certain people or protecting certain people, then knowing what's going on with those issues can be, uh, can be a means to, to do that, to, to, um, to push toward trying to influence things toward that end. Yeah. Yeah, Ann.
Yeah, so if you don't like the books in the library, you can contact the mayor. You're encouraged to do that, yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that if you hadn't somehow followed. On some level, someone told you that or you saw that somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, so th- those kinds of things and being, uh, being made aware of some of that can be, can be helpful, yeah. Okay, anything else? Yeah, Tracy. Yeah, so the things that go on like in schools and so on, and that's a place where um, school board members said a lot of those things, and those are elected positions, so that can be somewhere. And I think as you think about this, and I don't know that I'll get the chance to say it somewhere else, but you guys probably know just by thinking about it that the, the relative uh, impact of your involvement on these things is probably going to be more so at a local level, just from a purely numbers perspective. So... Um, those are the kinds of things that, yeah, maybe those are more directly impacting you, but that would be a matter of judgment and wisdom, not so much a matter of mandate. Um, <clears throat> it, it is good to think through, and these are some good examples of things. It, it's good to think through just in general, the areas of your responsibility. And you guys have talked about some, some are things that just following helps you know what's going on so that you can be prepared regardless of whether you actually can do anything about changing the, the government or the system and the, or the people who are involved in it. And uh, I might even make the case that that's largely going to be the most impactful type of following that you do is just knowing what's going on. Um, some of it would be, I need to know who stands for what uh, because these things are going to affect me or affect my family. And I want to know who I might vote for or support in some way, or maybe even try to persuade others to vote for or support. So it is, it's helpful. It can be helpful to know about those things. Um, I want to think about this with connection to another question that I, I'm skipping ahead on this, but one of these is, uh, will this change my actual vote or is my mind already made up? So a lot of the things that we do in terms of following these matters, um, you, you may just want to ask yourself honestly, I mean, it's February 11th election, federal election day, it's what, in November? Um, I guess there's a primary coming up soon in Tennessee, but uh, do you already know who you're voting for in every election a few months from now? You, you might already know. And you're not really following because you want to find out more about the candidates, but now it's, it's, it's shifted and it's a little bit of a different thing. And it's more like entertainment or hoping or just kind of wanting something to happen. And so you would follow along out of a wish, out of a desire, not so much because, well, I still got to figure out, you know, am I voting for this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, or whoever. So just ask yourself, honestly, is the time that I'm spending on this, you know, which maybe began as trying to be better informed about who people are, has this shifted over into, well, now I just, now this is just what I want to do, which is fine if you want to do that in certain settings. Like that's, there's no command against that. Um, but just make sure you're being realistic with yourself um, and not, well, you know, I've got to be, I've got to be informed because I got to know who to vote for, even if you've already made up your mind. So just ask yourself that question. Honestly, um, I don't really need to go into that in a lot greater detail, but uh, since we talked about that matter of, of uh, knowing being informed for the purpose of actually voting, then I just want to make sure that you're asking yourself that question in the process. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's think through some other things. Will this, um, will this make me more anxious if I do find out about it or if I don't find out about it? Will this make me more anxious if I do or if I don't find out about it? And maybe a sub-question of this is, do I just need to trust God about this? There may be things where we want to know all the details about something and we want to find out about something because we want to know what the outcome is going to be. And 
the reality is we can't always know what the outcome of a lot of things are going to be in advance. Uh, we can almost, in fact, we can know almost nothing of what the outcome of things will be definitively in advance. But we, when we um, concern ourselves with certain things, we start to make ourselves more anxious about them. We, we can direct our attention in such a way that we are more invested in certain things or not. So just keep that in mind when you're following things. Like if I read this about this certain political race, if I'm following along, you know, sort of the, the horse race of who's leading in the polls or how is this issue going to do or how is this bill coming along in the, in the house? Um, how is this, you know, what, what's the progress on this? Is this going to make me more and more anxious about this? Or is it if I don't know about something and I just completely ignore it, is it going to make me more anxious? And you need to be wise with regard to your own self and say, what is the amount of information? Factoring all the time I have, all my responsibilities, what's the amount of information that I need to take in on this to, uh, to be the ideal level of concerned about this? And you really wanna to try to aim for that. So the Bible tells us not to be anxious about many things. Can you think about uh, some primary things we're not to be anxious about? Yeah, what do we eat? What do we drink? What are we gonna wear? Where do we read about that? Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six. What's Jesus' uh, antidote to that? That's right. So he says in Matthew 6, 31, don't worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, but I suspect that over time, Christians have been tempted on various, uh, at various times to follow political progress and to, um, to worry about how certain things are going to go on the basis of uh, maybe how the tax brackets are going to change or how a certain thing will impact, uh, impact us financially, which is not something that's wrong to be informed about. But if we get hung up on these things to the point where they're making us anxious and worried and we're not seeking first God's kingdom, then this is a problem. So we're not supposed to be anxious about certain things like that. We're supposed to trust God. And we need to ask ourselves honestly, is the reason why we are following this and why we are so concerned about this particular political matter because we are afraid of what's going to happen in a sinfully anxious way. Not because we don't want it to happen, but because we are looking to this for our safety and for our protection rather than seeking first God's kingdom, trusting him where we're anxious and going to him first before we go to anywhere else trying to look for solutions. As you know, biblically praying and acting are not at odds with one another, but acting or hoping in something else to the neglect of doing things that God has said is a problem and is a sinful way of thinking. So we need to make sure that we're not neglecting those things and causing ourselves to be anxious by virtue of our following of these matters. And again, I would just emphasize that the more that we involve ourselves in certain things, the more that we are going to become concerned and invested and anxious in them. And you need to be wise about that. Uh, okay, so anxiety is a matter to consider. Um, how will this tempt me to unwise behavior? How will this tempt me to unwise behavior? Now, just as an example, um, 1 Timothy 6 tells us that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires. And, they, and it leads men astray from the truth. But it's true that, uh, that there are desires that lead people away from God's word and away from faithfulness to it. Jesus warned in the parable of the soils in uh, Mark chapter four about the desire for other things, just in general, the desire for other things, drawing people away from faithfulness and endurance in their response to God's word. So what kind of temptations to unwise behavior can you see through an, an inordinate or unwise degree of interest in the political sphere. Can you think of any? Have you experienced them yourself? Yeah. 
Yeah, so you literally you just lose sleep over it. Yeah, you, you, well, not, not that kind of lose sleep, but as you say, you just stay up too late because you're, you're falling. I want this to happen, and I want this to change, and I don't like this guy, and oh, this, can you believe this point he's making? And then, yeah, then you're tired the next day, and that, that leads you to not be able to carry out the responsibilities that you have in the way that God would be pleased with. Yeah, what else? Yeah, Mark? Yeah, yeah. So the folly of just uh, listening to people who tell us what we want to hear, what we already agree with—that that's right there. Yeah, and and uh, not being willing to have those things challenged is is unwise behavior. Yeah, uh, Patrick and Tracy. Yeah, yeah, the, the team, the side, the, the tribe, those things. If we're going to have one of those, it needs to be, it needs to be the side of the gospel, and it needs to be, it needs to be aligned with where Scripture draws those lines, not with, well, I think this is the best way that the government should work out. Yeah, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there is the danger in just, you, you overlap with political things with somebody, but when it comes to, to biblical matters, you don't, but it's easy to just start to take what they say and to listen to them. Oh, they agree with me on this, so I'm going to start to, and you guys know how this is with everything. I mean, you, oh, this person, oh, wow, they align with what I think is true on this area, and it can be biblically, and it can be on just anything at all. And it is really easy to start to listen to people, um, to start to heed their voice and to follow their ways of thinking when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, the, uh, it's good to look out for unwise, uh, good to look out for unwise behavior. Um, also, there are matters of, um, yeah, not only supporting people blindly because they agree with your side, um, hasty speech, um, react, just being very reactive to things that people say in the wrong kinds of ways. Um, viewing them through political frameworks 
rather than viewing them through the framework of the mind of Christ and thinking about them in spiritual terms. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even if we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now in this way, we view him no longer. So there is a, a way where when someone is born again, when they receive a new heart and they're made a new creature in Christ, it's got to change the way we view everything and everyone. And there's, there's too many ways where we leave those things unchallenged and unchanged from um, not only maybe what we viewed before Christ, but even just the way that we sort through that stuff. So we got to make sure that we are reevaluating everything and everyone in light, of, uh, in light of what Scripture says about them and about those situations um, according to wisdom rather than just bringing our own experience and, and past into the picture as well. All right, uh, that's all we have time for this morning. I want to give you uh, several more of these next week, and these are going to uh, talk a lot about our attitudes and some of the ways that this might affect our time. So I just want to think about that in more detail. So hopefully this, uh, this will be helpful to continue next time, and we'll plan to do that. Let me pray for us as we close. God, thank you for the... Uh, Thank you for the scriptures which you give us to help us to think through every, every matter and which is the supreme authority in our lives, the one which has authority over every way of thinking, over every idea, over every priority, uh, everything that we think. And you know how broad your word is and how, um, how finite we are and how we need your help to be able to sort through and to know and to even to get to the various things that the Bible says that we may be ignorant of. And uh, for those things that we do know that we may forget or we may, uh, we may not bring them up or we may not want to apply them when, uh, when push comes to shove. And we pray that you would help us to do that, to be willing to do what you have said in every circumstance. God, give us the mercy to uh, love other people who disagree with us in these matters. Help us to handle those interactions with grace. Help us to be humble. And we pray that you would help us to, uh, to walk with wisdom with regard to this area in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.